The Lifestylist, episode 76, featuring Dr. Jack Cruz. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. It's your lucky day. You're listening to part two of two with Dr. Jack Cruz. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another groundbreaking episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. Today's guest is Dr. Jack Cruz. And let me tell you, this is an episode you do not want to miss. We are going deep into the stratosphere where science and nature merge. And I want to tell you, it is a mind F. Very cool stuff. So a lot of what we ended up talking about in this epic like two-hour interview is light, sunlight, interior lighting, and how Jack believes, and it's quite convincing when you hear him tell the story, that light is really the number one issue when it comes to our longevity, our health, and even our happiness. It's really trippy stuff. So you're probably sitting right now in front of a computer in a car. Maybe you've got some headlights um, in your face. You could be on an airplane with all kinds of weird blue LED lighting. And basically, you're getting hosed, and we all are. And so this is a really important episode. We cover tons of other stuff, which I'm about to tell you, but it's a trip. I had a really good time doing this. Uh, The video is also on YouTube if you want to check that out. There's some demonstrations of different ways to hack the lighting. But anyway, I encourage you to listen to this, and by all means, of course, forward it to a friend. Jack's one of my most popular guests. He was on one of my first episodes, and uh, he rocks it. So here's the things that we covered. Get ready. Drum roll, please. There we go. A little drum roll on the mic. What is the most dangerous lighting we use in our homes and the best way to fix it? Why blocking blue light is so crucial to our health. And then do blue blocking glasses, those nerdy glasses you may have seen me wear if you follow me on Instagram, do those uh, ruin your vision by causing eye strain? Interesting stuff there. The link between junk lighting, low dopamine levels, and all addictions. Why direct sunlight is so good for you. And I know what you're going to say, but I can't go in the sun, I burn. We're going to teach you how to do it. Are you fair-skinned? Are you a ginger? We got you, boo. I'm going to teach you how to do this. You can work your way up and there's a lot of different ways that you can get sun because we all need it. And then what is grounding or earthing and why is it good for you and some of the dangers if you do it the wrong way? And speaking of dangers, another thing that's very dangerous, and this is not like a bummer show. I mean, it's really about how to be healthy. Don't don't trip out. I'm not like getting in the fear zone here, but there is shit we got to be aware of, folks. The dangers of using laptops especially on top of your, you know, wedding tackle, as it were, uh, and why Steve Jobs himself didn't even let his own kids use Apple products, dude. Scary stuff. 
Is this grounding and earthing technology, all these devices, is it valid? Is there any use to it? Jack's got some interesting thoughts on that. And why living in high rises is so bad for you, why you want to live close to the ground. And then, of course, some good news, how to protect yourself from this harmful uh, non-native EMF radiation. And one of my favorite topics, of course, is discussed, and that was ice baths. Why are they so damn good for you? And we give the secret temperature for the best ice bath. Turns out, minor little cold than maybe they need to be, which is good news. And then we do a comparison between ice baths and cryotherapy. You're going to find out what Jack, the neurosurgeon, thinks is actually better for your health and more impactful. Then the benefits of infrared saunas and the best and worst times to use them. Turn out, I've been kind of like playing myself, uh, doing my saunas late at night, not the best practice. And then we talk about what's better, far infrared or near infrared light. Some trippy, sciencey stuff there. And then, what are the top three healthiest foods in the world, according to Jack Cruz? And are heavy metals and fish as big of a deal as people make them out to be? And lastly, is the Fukushima radiation scare in, in Pacific seafood a real issue, or is that just paranoia? So this is an action and info-packed episode, my friends. I, uh, if you're listening to part one, I highly recommend you come back Friday and listen to part two. If you happen to stumble across part two, yo, you better get back in here part one because this is some life-changing information. So thank you so much for listening. Really excited to share this one with you. Hey, check this out. I recently launched something on my site called The Master Market. It's a super cool store where I've got different categories, whether it be spirituality, mind focus, outdoors, food, superfoods, supplements, bedroom, sleep, office, jet lag, biohacking. There's even a bookstore from some of my favorite books and books recommended by my guests. And what this is, is like a hub where you can go find all of the links to everything I've either used and vetted or I'm currently using in my life to build the ultimate lifestyle. So it's called The Master Market, Luke's Lifestyle List, and you can find it at lukestory.com forward slash store. Just go to my site and you'll see it in the navigation. Now, what's really cool about this is when you make a purchase through my store, I'm not actually selling you anything. I'm just curating a really dope place where you can go find the best stuff. So I get a piece of commission if you make a sale through the site. The vendor, of course, makes some cash because you buy and you get a place where you can go and save time and money from not having to look around for the best stuff and do all the research yourself. But what's even cooler is most of those items come with a custom discount code if you go through my site, which is pretty cool. So it's a win, 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 triple trifecta win. Great way to support my work and the podcast and the show, as well as the brands and your own health and well-being. Check it out, lukestory.com forward slash store. This episode is brought to you by my friends over at Organifi. I discovered this product a few months ago and it has changed the game for me. Everybody knows that green juice is good for you, right? Here's the deal though. Couple disadvantages to your average cold pressed green juice. A, a lot of times it comes in plastic, not good. B, it's usually loaded with sugar up to 25 grams, which is basically like drinking a green Coca-Cola not happening. Next is they go bad. You can't leave it sitting out and they're really bad for travel. So I love my green juice. That's cool. Cold press. I get the sugar-free ones. I'm into it. But Organifi makes a green powdered superfood that comes in these little packets that are portable and you can take with you. So I keep them in my car and in my bag and on demand. Anytime I have a bottle of water, I can pour one of these in there and have an instant green juice. Alkalizing, energizing, gives you mental clarity. It's fantastic. It's loaded with 11 superfoods. A lot of the green powders 
not only taste gross and are overpriced, but they'll have like 200 ingredients. And I'm always thinking, how much of each ingredient is actually in there? Okay. These 11 superfoods are the important ones that you need, like turmeric, chlorella, wheatgrass, spirulina, mint, moringa, ashwagandha, lemon, beets, matcha green tea, and coconut water. And it's sweetened with monk fruit, so it's got a zero glycemic index. It's fantastic stuff. So if you want to check this drink out, work on your health in a way that actually tastes good and is super convenient, here's what you do. Go to Organifi.com, that's with an I, Organifi, Enter the code LIFESTYLIST and save 20% off your order. You guys know I always give you a hookup if I'm going to tell you about something cool that I discovered. So again, go to Organifi.com, enter the code LIFESTYLIST at checkout and save 20%. It's really good stuff. A huge part of my health strategy is taking medicinal herbs and medicinal mushrooms. And one of my favorite ways to take them is by making herbal elixirs. That's really tasty, hot and cold drinks. It's much cooler to take them that way than taking a bunch of pills. Like, who can remember to do that? Well, I want to let you know about my friends from Four Sigmatic. These guys make the most potent, high quality and delicious herbal blends that are really easy to take. You can make a cold or hot herbal elixir drink. Like what I like to do is either add them to my bulletproof coffee, or if I don't want to have caffeine, I'll just make myself a four sigmatic herbal elixir with something like cordyceps, lion's mane, um, chaga mushrooms, reishi mushrooms, ashwagandha, all the good stuff, all the stuff that you can really feel working is available at Four Sigmatic. So what I'd like you to do is go to foursigmatic.com and check it out. They have an amazing suite of products. And like anything that I promote, this is stuff that I use every day myself. I love this stuff. I'm super addicted to it, which is why I want to tell you about it. So go to foursigmatic.com. But even better, when you're there, enter the code THELIFESTYLIST at checkout and save 15% off your order, which is pretty sweet. So enter the lifestylist and save 15% at foursigmatic.com. Dr. Jack Cruz is a respected neurosurgeon and CEO of Optimized Life, a health and wellness company dedicated to helping patients avoid the healthcare burdens we typically encounter as we age. He is currently in private practice in the Gulf South. As a neurosurgeon, Dr. Cruz's research has been published in respected dental and medical journals. His popular blog, jackcruz.com, gets over 250,000 unique visitors per month from all over the world. His latest venture is a co-invention called the Quantlet, a cutting-edge new health-enhancing device which helps improve human performance using quantum technology. Very interesting, Jack. So the red light (laughs) seems to be the missing link here. I want to ask you one other thing that I've heard, and I don't know if you have an opinion on this, but what about taking uh, astaxanthin as a supplement, you know, that red seaweed oil? Is that going to do anything to improve our tolerance to sun? It can, but here's where you're going to run into some of my uh, quantum rules. You're not designed to take pills. Like a million years ago, Luke, there was no pills. You know what the antioxidant that you're talking about? You know where it's designed to come from? Shellfish. What do you know about the book that I wrote? What's it all about? It's got an epipaleo period pyramid in it. And what is that pyramid? It tells you that shellfish is the top. So guess what? You're designed to get it from nature. So I'm very quantum coherent with my misfits. I don't believe in pills at all. And that means pills from my profession or pills from a supplement maker. Because I always make this comment, and it rubs a lot of people the long way, 
But I think it's important for people to hear directly why I feel this way. Um, supplement makers, they make a lot of money off of obedient idiots, people with low dopamine level, and they're banking on those people being foolish. And the key thing is once you realize that there's no shortcutting nature, and I'll explain to you why. Everything in biology, everything in a cell is a coupled system, meaning there's a positive and negative feedback. So if you take an exogenous thing that we're designed to make normally and you add it to the mix, you've just uncoupled that system. So we have uh, an example of this that I use in, in with my members that I'll share with you. You know that the coupled system in nature is predator and prey. What happens when you change either the predator population or the prey population when you take it to the nth degree? They both become extinct. So I want you to think about that. If you think taking melatonin or any of the antioxidants is a good idea, you're not part of my tribe. Why? Because you don't physically understand how these things work. Now, the crazy thing, a lot of the skeptics out there will come and say, well, isn't food technically a supplement? Yeah, but what people don't realize, the entire food web is linked to what, Luke? Photosynthesis. We're back to the light again, aren't we? So that means all the electrons that are in food are programmed by sunlight frequencies. And guess what your mitochondria's job is? It's to yoke the light that comes through your eye and your skin to the electrons that go in your body. That's the reason why I famously said five years ago at the Paleo FX conference that if you live in Boston and eat a banana on December 31st, you're a freaking idiot. And, and it was not met with uh, a lot of aplomb. People were pissed off when I said it. And I said, just because you can buy a banana in Boston doesn't mean you can eat it. Why? Because nature doesn't allow bananas to grow at a high latitude when there's poor solar light. So what did you just create there? You just created a circadian mismatch in your gut. Okay? And this is a real key point. People do not know, lay people do not know that the entire food web on earth is linked to photosynthesis. So that means that your mitochondria knows that and it's dialed into that. So that means the frequencies that go through your eye and your skin they don't match with what you're eating, therein lies why your gut microbiome gets screwed up. It's not because of the foods you eat. It's because of the light that you're allowing, and it throws off the software that runs the hardware in us, and that's the key. That's why I'm a really big pain in the ass to people who sell supplement boxes every month to people. I'm cool with you wanting to buy it. If you want to enrich somebody, I'm fine with that. But I want you to understand fundamentally how we work because if I can put you back in nature like you do, Luke, that's the best supplement you could ever get. And it's free and it's easy to do. The problem is we've created our lives in such a way that it disconnects us from that connection. And if I can get people to reconnect with that more, then I feel like I'm doing my job. And here's the crazy thing. You don't have to be in it. 24-7, but you have to be in it enough. And you know probably when you're using opiates compared to now, you probably weren't in it a lot back then, but you are now. And maybe that's the real reason that you've noticed a tremendous change in the way you think about things. Because, you know, when I first met you, the reason I loved you, you could see that passion. You knew you were plugged into something. You didn't know all the science, and it didn't matter to you. And I remember thinking to myself, when you were there with Ben Greenfield, I said, both of these guys, one's a lion, the other one's a hippo. 
And, and it's so cool to see a person turned on. I just, I have to be a little bit more of a stickler with my crew because, you know, doctors are skeptics and they want to tear you down and they need the science. They need the sites. They need to know that this isn't some crazy madman on the internet that's got his own ideas. But trust me, I back up everything I say with hardcore data, but you don't need to know that. You just need to know that living as a wild human, you know our friend Daniel Vitalis, the wild human versus the zoo animal, okay? Modern humans are zoo animals. And I'm trying to teach them how to go back and be their wild self because if you do that, you can get better and you don't need anything extraordinary to do it, especially a pill from a supplement maker. Well, you just saved me about 1200 bucks a month. <laughs> Thank you. I'll give you your commission uh, at the end of next month. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting perspective um, for someone who's been, you know, very into supplements. But you know what? Honestly, I think I've I've felt better and better over the years. So I've actually toned down a lot of that where I'm just kind of doing basic stuff that I really don't feel I'm getting from food. There's one other thing with the sun exposure, though, that in addition to astaxanthin that I've heard uh, is effective and that's chaga mushroom, which isn't a pill, but rather, you know, a tree, a medicinal tree mushroom that you, I, I boil it and make this tea and it's very high in melanin. And it's yeah. said that that makes you more resilient to sunlight and, and the absorption of vitamin D. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I have zero problems with that because remember, that is something that grows, but where does it grow? It grows at different latitudes. So what's the difference in chaga tea? I have a good friend named David Limacher who owns a company in, in Saskatchewan. And he does chaga, and it grows at different latitudes. So where you buy your chaga is actually important. So, for example, if you're up in Saskatchewan at the 55th latitude, it's not going to have a ton of melanin in it. But if you buy your chaga, say, inside the 20s, which are the Tropic of Capricorn and Cancer, dude, you've got a way of dealing with that. I would tell you the better way to augment it is what I told you before, infrared A light, meaning AM light is the key. But do I have a problem with chaga? I have none, none at all, because what you need to do is when you take the food in, what I'm trying to teach you even here now, Luke, so I want you to yoke it to the light environment around you. See, taking chaga from 55 and you live, say, at 15, that makes no sense at all. You know, you, you want to make sure they're yoked. That's part of the reason why I used the example with you before. Eating a banana should happen this time of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. We're cool with that. All right, because it's a long light cycle. We have strong UV light, and that's when carbohydrates grow. But the flip side of that is if this was December 21st, and you were in LA, or I'm here in Louisiana, dude, you wouldn't catch a banana in my house at all. At all. Yeah. And that's the reason why, because guess what? That incident EMF that I told you from the sun, guess what your mitochondria pays attention to? It is counting those frequencies. And if you make or eat the wrong thing, there's this little thing in the mitochondria called the MCU transporter. It allows too much calcium in. The amount of calcium determines what kind of free radicals you make. That's how this shit works, dude. And this thing is all controlled by light. Everything about us is like a rock concert. And we don't realize that we are beings of light because we don't understand all the details. But guess what? Science has all these details published. My job, I haven't discovered any of this. I'm just an innovator. I take all the pieces together and sit down and can do a podcast with a guy like you and explain 
why eating a banana may not be a smart move in December, but it's perfectly fine in June, yeah. you know, based on where yeah. you live. You don't understand that. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Uh, absolutely, like seasonal eating. Just again, going back to the common sense, just basic mother nature. It's like, hey, live like the, lion, the hippo. Remember, I told you, yeah. you don't. That's why I said this thing in our head. Because when we go into Whole Foods in December thirty first, and we see a kiwi or a banana, we immediately grab it. Like, oh, this is organic. This is okay. That's part of the reason why I try to get people even off the organic thing. Because that's a bad meme, a bad narrative to get. And I mean, out in your neck of the woods, it's it's horrible because people don't realize it's actually got to be linked to the light cycle. When food grows locally, I mean, you, the only way you can find out what food grows locally at your latitude is you got to go to a farmer and ask him because most people have no clue. Right. So you could solve that problem and not even research shit. Just shop at the farmer's market. And whatever vegetables and fruits are there, like in Southern California, you know, we, we get a lot of sun and there's a lot of agriculture here. So there's a lot of availability. But I know when I go to the farmer's market, there's a certain time of year when I'm not going to find a peach. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? So that's a pretty that's a pretty simple where even like we have a health food store here. Well, it's actually more of a nightclub now. It's called Erewhon and a very trendy spot in Hollywood. And you can go there and all of their their produce that's local is marked local. So you can guarantee that it's then in season and in sync with that light cycle right yeah just make sure when you go to Irwin at night that you're not eating any carbohydrates <laughs> yeah because yeah. remember there is also a diurnal cycle right too, right you not eat when the sun lights out so that's why breakfast you eat like a king the next meal at lunch not so much and dinner like a pauper why yeah. that's also tied that's the diurnal cycle see we're talking circadian now we're talking diurnal. All these things actually matter. Diurnal meaning the time of day. The day. Right, Correct. Right, okay. We're designed to eat our biggest meal during the, the breakfast time. And most people say, well, I'm not hungry at breakfast. You know what they just announced to you when they say that? That they have a circadian light mismatch through their eye and their skin. That means that they are now night owls. They may not believe it, but they are. And it could be because they may get up at the right time, but they may be in front of a computer all day. Or there may be a day trader and don't realize that the blue light that's in their eyes is totally fucking them in the shorts. Well, you just described the exact opposite of my eating schedule because I just have a bulletproof coffee in the morning. Uh, then I don't eat anything till about two. I have a light lunch and then I'll have like a heavy dinner at like, you know, six, seven o'clock. Well, guess what? This is this is maybe Luke Story's, you know, biohack for the second half of 2017. Right, right. I'll tell you, reverse it. And the, the, the thing is, it's probably because of your job. I know what you do. I see you out on social media. And I do think you got a blue light thing. I got to get you on these, bro. Oh, you that's know? what I was going to ask you about. The, he's pointing, you guys listening, he's pointing to his um, blue blocking glasses. Are those prescription, but you've yeah. got orange lenses? Well, th these are my untinted blue tech lenses. These only block 50%. So when do I use these? I use these when I'm seeing patients working on electronic medical records. Okay, they're not great. How do I fix that problem? In between, when I have a lull in my day, I go right out the side office into the sun. And I'm constantly doing that. So people would call those smoke and coffee breaks. I call them sun breaks for me. And that's the reason I do this. So when I'm outside, Luke, I'll even put these down. When I need to see, I go like this. And when I don't, I'm getting the sun in there. So say I'm at nighttime. Say it's um, I'm in LA and I'm hanging out with you and you take me to that store that's so trendy on Hollywood. And we're shopping. Well, since these only block 50%, then I put those on over. Oh, nice, dude. Okay. And what these will do, like say if we're watching TV, 
or say, you know, you took me to the studio and you want to show me or introduce you some friends. This is one thing I would wear, but you'd say, Jack, these aren't trendy. So the flip side is if I had these in my pocket, I would just put these on. They do the same thing. Now these are prescription, but these are blue techs, but they have a BPI tint and these can be tinted by any, you know, optometrist once you know what to ask for. Turns out I'm a little bit lucky because on one of my members is an optometrist and he owns a store in Michigan. So he will make these for any of my members. You know, if you just go up there and tell them what your prescription is and you can do it. But I tell people, if you don't have a prescription, the simple thing to do is go to Walmart, get frames that you like and just tint them, you know, so that way you're knocking out the key frequencies you want to knock out are 435 to 465. Uh, I tell most people if you can get 400 to 500 and that's what these are and I did this specifically in fact Tom is the one that made these for me because I use them in surgery okay and in surgery you know that my wrists are off the chain so I do rotate glasses big time now I have myopia but myopia when I started this like when I was 360 pounds 12 years ago was about 7.4 diopters today with the sun and everything that I'm doing, I'm now 4.25. So you can see that sunlight actually will improve nearsightedness. And the reason why that happens is when you're in a blue light environment, I told you the other chemical besides melatonin that's made in the eye is dopamine. Well, what else does dopamine do? Not only does it make you stupid and an obedient idiot, but it elongates your eye. And when your eye gets elongated, it's not a circle, that's what nearsightedness is, but it also sets you up for AMD, which is acute macular degeneration retinal tears, and also thickens the choroid. And the choroid is actually the beginning part of the central retinal pathway that connects your retina to the leptin receptor. And you know how I got pretty famous on the internet was that whole leptin prescription. Well, it turns out this is the beginning of it. So you need to protect your eyes. So I'm going to tell you the reason why we started this whole discussion down this path is the reason that you eat less at one time and eat more at night it's because I think you're chronic blue light toxic. And what that means is you have a blue light hazard and it's because of your job. Because I always look at you when I see you in social media and I notice your eyes aren't protected and sometimes when they are, you'll have sunglasses on. And I always tell people, the trendiest place for sunglasses are right here. <laughs> on top or, of your, listeners on top of your head, he's referring to, yeah. Right here. Yeah, I actually don't wear sunglasses any, no, I know. anymore. You know, I, I quit, I wean myself off. Uh, but I, I that was leads into my next question in terms of prescription glasses because I about uh, I don't know a year ago just seemingly suddenly became nearsighted uh, not to the degree that not that diopter or whatever I'm just learning this right. this terminology because it's new uh, I'm like a one point whatever it's it's not right. that bad but I can't read say like a license plate two cars in front of me. And it seemed to come on suddenly, and I was going to ask you if you thought there was a correlation between walking around at night in such a dimly lit environment and wearing my orange-blue blockers. I thought it might have been caused by just eye strain from not having enough light present while I'm trying to avoid the blue light. You know what I mean? It's caused by you don't realize that you're getting more blue light. See, here's the thing that I need you to really understand, and I'm glad you brought this up. Right now, you're screwing yourself. You're making your myopia worse. You don't realize that in front of that screen, that screen is 5,700 Kelvin. That's equivalent to, to noon light. Well, I, right now I have it. I have my flux program on, which is doing something to cut the blue. 
Because yeah, watch, we- watch what happens on video. If I let me cut it off right now, and you'll see. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know. Let me let me disable this. Uh, so I just turned my light blue. Can you see the difference? You can. And, right? and the, the crazy thing is, though, even if you have it set on the lowest amount, it's 2,700K on the flux. Well, guess what? You know what AM light is? 1,400 to 1,600. Ah, shit. So here's what I want you to understand, because this is really important. It's going to be important for the people listening to this. If you do this for, say, 10 years, constantly, all that's adding up. That's going to start the myopia. What happens with the myopia? Not only is the eye elongate, but the choroid thickens. Guess what? All the mitochondria in that choroid, all are undergoing heteroplasmy changes. What does that do? That sets you up for all the other chronic diseases tied to the leptin receptor in your brain. That's exactly how I got sick, you know, 20 years ago and right. led to this whole thing. So these are the things, that's what causes Alzheimer's. That's what causes Parkinson's. That's what causes all the diseases that everybody is scared the bejesus out of. So what am I trying to tell you? You, you, you are learning something during this podcast that's huge, and I hope your members are getting it. If you know that you're not hungry in the morning and you eat more at night, that tells you that you're blue light toxic through the eye and like the skin. So how do you fix that? When you're on the computer, block the blue. So that's the reason why you always see me wearing blue protection anytime I'm on social media. And I don't know if you can see my phone, but I have the blue screen on here constantly. In other words, I I have never seen my iPhone clean without this skin over the top of it because it blocks all the blue. I don't want any blue in my life unless it's coming from sunlight. Right. Why? As I told you it's balanced by the red that's present. Right. And the two right. healing frequencies, the regenerative frequencies, are red and purple. That's the reason why when you're outside, I want your eyes getting the normal stuff. So you're right. You're in L.A. You do have a benefit. When you're cruising around, I want you outside in the sun because that can actually improve it. But if you start to notice over the next five years that your myopia goes from 1 to 125 to 15 to 17, because one of the things that you said I don't want to let go, this seemingly showed up, Jack, out of nowhere. Well, guess what? That's exactly how mitochondrial diseases. Didn't autism show up out of anywhere? Didn't Alzheimer's show up out of nowhere? I mean, we didn't have these things. Cancer was not common until 1874. In fact, uh, the medical school that I went to, the the guy's name on the building is called Alton Oshner. I'm going to tell you a story that he told me my first year of medical school. It it was the old man that owned the hospital. He said he used to tell the medical students in the 1920s when they saw a case of lung cancer, come in and see it because you're likely never going to see another case of this in your life. I want you to think about that for a minute, Luke. So here's the thing. I told you the first bulb ever made and when the power grid was built out, it was between 1879 and the 1920s. The reason why cancer wasn't common is we didn't have the stimulus that caused it. And guess what? Today, in, in 1900, colon cancer was the 37th leading cause of cancer in the United States. Five generations later, it's number two. How'd that shit happen? Well, guess what? No, pun, your in, no pun intended. <laughs> right. Well, your colon? Think about where your colon is. Your colon is inside your gut. How many people do you think who get colon cancer let infrared A light go right through their belly? Remember, infrared A light penetrates 10 to 30 centimeters, okay? Everybody wants to blame it on the food, but you know I'm not that dude, okay? I'm going to blame it on the light that you allow in your environment, and I'm going to explain to you exactly the reason why it happens because let me tell you something. 
When you go from 37th to second in five generations, that takes Darwin and the nuclear genome right out of it. Changes don't happen that fast to nuclear DNA. And guess what? What are we studying? We're studying the nuclear DNA to look for the cause of colon cancer. Epic freaking failure. Why? It's a mitochondrial disease. And mitochondria all respond to incident EMF. And the type of EMF they respond best to, 250 to 780. Don't forget it. Can you tell our listeners why it's a bad idea to sit around with a laptop or iPhone or iPad on top of their genitalia and reproductive okay. organs? You're hitting all the physics now. See, you, you wanted me to keep this simple, but I'll explain it to you. We're going to use the cell phone. Okay? We're and, use- and I want to ask, because on my laptop, I have something called a HeraPad, which you know they showed me a, a scientific... You know, some kind of experiment that showed that it blocked the the radiation coming off the bottom of it. So I'll sit with that on my lap if I have to. Otherwise, I set it next to me. You know, that might be a way to mitigate it. But what? Whenever I see, like, especially a woman who wants to have kids or something like sitting there with that laptop on her on her uterus, I'm like, oh my god, stop that! You know. So what's up with that? Because I think I don't think anyone knows this stuff, dude. Like I say this to people, and they're like, what? It's fine. I feel great. Yeah, well, you may feel great, but your germline doesn't. But I'll explain it to you as simple as I can. And I'm going to use an analogy that everybody who's listening to this knows. We're going to use your cell phone, your GPS device. Most people don't know that GPS works by Einstein's general and special relativity. So how does it work? Garmin has a satellite 38,000 miles above the Earth uh, that is circling, okay, going around really fast. And it talks to your cell phone. Okay? It has to run 38 microseconds faster than the chip in your phone. Okay, And the reason why is because certain light frequencies bend under the force of gravity. It's called gravitational lensing. You don't have to know any of that. Okay, But here's the key. That means the clock that's higher up has to run faster than the clock down here on Earth. Otherwise, you're going to be off by a factor of 10. So if you're trying to find Irwin at late at night on Hollywood Boulevard and say the clock up here is slower than this one, you're going to be off by 100 kilometers. That means you're going to be in San Diego and you're not going to be in LA. Okay. Now let's flip the switch to biology. Your main clock, most people know, is right here in your eye called the suprachiasmatic nucleus, the SCN. Okay. And we've been spending a lot of time in this podcast talking about the eye, haven't we? Well, it turns out that central retinal pathway that we just talked about connects directly to the SCN. And you know why this clock runs faster than every other peripheral clock? Because it has more DHA, which is fish oil, in it than any other part of your brain. And what does fish oil fundamentally do to this clock? It turns sunlight into a higher DC electric current. So the more current that goes through here runs this clock faster than this one here. So if you take the laptop and put it on your lap, guess what it does? This clock speeds up faster than the one up here. So you become infertile or you bleed like crazy or you don't make enough testosterone and your sperm doesn't swim. That's exactly the reason why it happens. And if you do this long enough like Steve Jobs did, you'll go from having fertility problems to actually developing cancer. Why? Because this growth is sped up. That's what the clocks do. That's what circadian biology is all about. So the way we're built, the top clock always has to run faster than every other. And the reason is a physics reason. 
It's tied back to Einstein's general and special relativity because of time dilation. Why? Because light bends under the force of gravity. And even though you don't think your six foot difference between your toes and your eyes make a difference, it does to your cells. And remember, you have a colony probably about of a trillion cells, but you have a hundred trillion mitochondria in those cells. And guess how they all work? They work on a central clock and a peripheral clock, and they have to go perfect timing. And the only way to have perfect timing is the clock in here is called an op optical lattice clock. It works by light frequencies. Guess what, dude? You just stepped into my world now. So <laughs> I'm trying to hang on. I'm like, we just we just left the matrix. I'm like, okay, hang on, Luke. Pay attention, pay attention. The laptop here speeds the clocks up distally. Okay. From this, that's the reason why it occurs. And what does that mean? You're going to be off by huge factors because remember, when you design to ovulate occurs at certain times of the month because of the light frequencies and the lunar frequencies that are there. For men, sperm production in the same way. Well, if those the timing mechanisms off, you become infertile, and that's the reason why we have massive amounts of infertility. Because it turns out, not only does non-native EMF the laptop do it, but you know what the single biggest reason is? Blue light. Blue light's the number one non-native EMF that leads to infertility. And none of the Beverly Hills doctors want anybody to know this. Right. Well, there's a lot of money in fertility drugs and, and mitigation, right? No doubt. So do these radiation blockers on, you know, that you can get for your cell phones and underneath your computer, do they do anything or is it just a total waste of money? It, they do something, but not enough. And here's the reason why. We got to go back to physics. And this is, again, something you know. It's called the inverse square law meaning the, the closer something is to you, the worse the risk is, okay? So everybody knows, like when you have x-rays, if you stand at least six to eight feet away, you, you don't have to worry too much. Well, what people don't realize, the same thing is true of blue light, the same thing is true of non-native EMF. But here's the problem, Luke. These days, every human, especially in LA, owns about 15 wireless devices. So that means that their devices are all around you. And how many times have you seen a lady stick the phone in their bra or the guy put it in their pocket? Dude, that's like putting their dick or their, their vagina in a microwave oven and saying, hey, there's no problem. That's brutal. That's, I always I always keep my phone on airplane if it's if it's on my body, always. I mean, it's just. And, that, and that's, that's the hack for it. That is actually the hack. And what I would tell you, all these blockers that people are being sold, they're being sold because they don't understand the inverse square law. Listen, your machine, when it runs, even if it's blocking it through the bottom and it's sitting on your lap, dude, it's still coming out the keyboard. Right. It's coming off the screen. It's coming from so many different directions. You, you'd have to have a Faraday cage around your computer to really do it. The best way to mitigate the risk is to make sure the computer is wireless, I mean wired, hardwired into the wall and not Wi-Fi. Anything that runs by Wi-Fi, dude, if, if we could see light frequencies, you would see that we live in a sea of non-native EMF around us. You know, and we joked before the podcast started, you asked me, Jack, what kind of microphone are you using? And I said, dude, you never get a chance of me putting anything with a wire on my head. Now you know the reason why. Right. Because I'm telling you, even when I talk on a phone, I don't put the phone up to my ear. I put it on speakerphone and I don't give a shit who hears what I'm saying. Why? I'm not willing to put the microwave oven to the side of my head. Oh and my remember- God. What's my day job, bro? My day job yeah. is I'm a brain surgeon. What does that tell you? I want to go back because I there was something I missed, and that was I want to know for someone that doesn't live in Michigan or wherever you got your orange 
prescription glasses. What are those? What's that uh, that lens filter called? The really orange one, because yeah. a lot of people that wear prescription glasses, you know, don't want to do the fifty percent right. tech that you've got or whatever. But how do we get those orange ones? From yeah, you like- can you can you can find them online yourself. You can actually believe it or not. Um, on my site somewhere, there is a, a one of my members, Jason Lorenzen, actually uh, wrote uh, a protocol for you to learn how to do this yourself. You can buy the chemicals and do it at home, but it's really messy and it's not easy to do. I would just tell you to talk to your local optometrist and they can talk to their, their shop about doing the BPI. They're called BPI tints. BPI tints, okay. Right, and there's lots of different lens manufacturers that are making blue blocking glasses, but here's a take home. Not all blue blocking lenses are the same. So I would tell you, there's a couple out there that, you know, some of the supplement makers are selling. We, me and Ruben have checked them with spectroscopes. They're not good enough. So the key, you want to make sure that you're really blocking 435 to 465. But I tell my members 400 to 500 for nighttime. So when you're out in LA, you really want to knock it down. If you do that, you're good. You're really, you're helping yourself. The other thing, I, I want to make sure we also get this out. This is the one time where Jack Cruz wants you to be completely covered. I want all your body covered at night. Like you going out with skin exposed in blue light is as bad. It, I shouldn't say as bad. It's not, but it's not good. When I want you naked is when the sun's out, but I want you covered at nighttime when blue light's out. Right, because your skin has photoreceptors that pick up the blue light just like your eyes, right? Is that well, the deal? Dude, there's, a, there's another receptor in our body called neuropsin. And you know that there's all these opsins. You've probably heard of rhodopsin and melanopsin. Melanopsin is the one that's the blue light uh, 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 receptor in the eye that we're really focusing in on. This is why we're talking about the glasses so much. But there's another one that not too many people know about because we just found it in 2009. And neuropsin is a UVA receptor. And remember, UVA light usually shows up in, in daytime light. Well, it turns out that it's present in our skin and it's present in our eye. And I always catch the dermatologist with this and I'm like, well, if UV, UV light's so bad, why is it that we have a receptor in both places? Could it be that right, that's right. for something else? And it turns out it is. So that UVA receptor, believe it or not, actually gets stimulated by blue light. So I always tell my members who have Hashimoto's, one of the things that you have to be careful for, if you stand in front of a computer and you have this exposed right here and your thyroid's out, people don't realize that blue light penetrates all the way down to the fat layer. Your thyroid sits only about a half centimeter below your skin. So guess what? Boom. Dude, what? That's crazy. Yeah, well, dude. Hey, listen, science usually is. People don't want to understand the quantum mechanics of light. But Luke, you know that that's what I cut my teeth on. I teach my people these things. And believe it or not, Luke, there's now studies out that show that we can use red light lasers right through the skin to actually reverse autoimmune conditions of the thyroid. Do I have members on my site that are doing just that now? The answer is yes. Why don't you hear that from the paleo guys? Because they don't know shit about light. That's the problem. Well, because they think um, eating enough beef liver is going <laughs> is going to solve the problem. <laughs> True. Um, and that, that's I, that's the, that's the thing about a half truth. You know, right. I always tell people the reason why I'm a stickler about being tied to nature is because half truths always lead to full lies. And that's the reason why I got on before about the supplements. Same thing. You know, I, I didn't tell you this story, but I'm going to give it to you quick. When Ru- I met Ruben, Ruben was spending $2,000 a month 
on supplements. You're talking about Rick Rubin. No, I'm talking about Ruben Salinas, who who's the light engineer. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, your your guy. Okay, because we were both at that conference, and Rick right. Rubin was there. At the, I made a correlation. Okay. Yeah. So Ruben was spending two grand a month doing this, and within four months of meeting me, I convinced him, and he was still having tons of problems on all these supplements he was using. And once we got him on a light program, dude, everything normalized. That's when. That's when it was the most ironic thing. Here he is as a light engineer. And he was still using drugs. And when I explained to him about the predator and prey, he goes, well, why don't we build a device that's made out of light? I said, great. I got a, a perfect idea. And here's what we do. And that's what we did. See, light is the supplement. Food technically is a light supplement. And it's tied to photosynthesis. You just have to get the signaling right. When you do that, dude, you can change everything. All right, let's take a brief intermission from this interview to let you know about an exciting announcement. I will be hosting an event this July 27th in New York City at Cap Beauty in the West Village. This is a free event where I'm going to be presenting my lifestyle design course called the Mind, Body, and Spirit Solution. The event goes from 7 to 9 p.m. It's on a Thursday night, and it's free as long as you can RSVP in time. So you're going to have a ridiculously fun time. You're going to learn about my top three lifestyle recommendations for each of those categories of your life. You're going to walk away with a very precise action plan to create your own lifestyle blueprint, or maybe make some powerful tweaks to the one you have if you've already got that going on. And more than anything, you're going to be part of history, yo, because I'm going to record the talk for a future episode of this very podcast. So here's the deal. Space is very limited. Everything in New York is super tiny. We've only got room for a few people. So if you want to join us again, it's this coming July 27th. That's in a couple weeks, 7 to 9 p.m. It's a Thursday night at Cat Beauty uh, on West 10th Street. And the RSVP is as follows, ConsciousCityGuide.com forward slash Luke. If you want to come to this event for free and hang out, the URL is ConsciousCityGuide.com forward slash Luke. All right. See you then. Come up and say hi if you make it to the event. Now back to the interview with Jack. On the topic of light, and then I want to ask a couple other questions about things not related to light, but there's just so much, I mean, there's so much here. We could obviously have a 12 hour, you know, <laughs> a 12 hour docu series on the light, but I'm sitting here next to my, or standing here now I'm on my standing adjustable desk for the moment. Uh, I'm sitting next to my infrared sauna and this has become just part of my routine for the past 15 years. I've had this same unit and, uh, I tend to use it a lot at night before bed. I notice that nights when I use the infrared sauna before bed that I sleep more deeply. My sleep apps reflect that it's beneficial for that. What's your take on on infrared saunas or saunas in general? I, I love them because it's all, again, what are you doing? You're augmenting your infrared A that you're not getting during the day. Remember, most saunas give you infrared A and infrared B. We don't, our bodies are not optimized for infrared B as much. We still have an ability to do it. And the reason why is blood absorbs all the way from 600. I should say not blood, but water absorbs from 600 to 3000. And believe it or not, all of those nanometer uh, frequencies are actually in sunlight. So the reason why infrared and sauna and all that stuff works is because you're augmenting red. So I'm a fan. The only difference is that's what I told you before. Too much infrared the wrong time of the day can actually uncouple melatonin. So I tell people if the sun sets at five, you're good to use that up to eight, then cut it off. Why? You want at least two to three hours where you're completely dark, and here's the reason why. 
Remember I told you about that neuropsin receptor in your skin? You need that thing to quiet down. Oh, shit, because I'm doing my sauna at like 11 and then going to bed at midnight. Oh, damn. still yourself a little bit, but you don't realize if you do this chronically, then guess what? You just gave me another reason why you don't eat that much in the morning and you eat more in the day. See, you've created the shift with the light that you've chosen. And that's what happens when people don't understand how solar light is built and how the light we use is radically different. Right. Okay. And another issue with the infrared saunas, there's a lot of debate with, you know, the sauna industry as to whether the near infrared light or the far infrared light is superior. Any take on that? Yeah. Near infrared is is better. Why? Because that most approximates, you know, sunlight. Here's another hack. If you want to do this, Luke, uh, when you buy a near-infrared sauna, one of the ways you can make it even more powerful is to take gold foil from Michael's, you know, the, the craft store, yeah. put all over the wood on there. And the reason why, gold, and it has to be elemental gold. It can't be like, you know, fake mylar. Gold is a perfect infrared mirror. So what wow. does that mean? More reflection. And just so you know, because I know you'll appreciate this, this is the reason why the Egyptians, the top of their pyramids, always had gold foil on it because they knew – when the solar light hit, they were able to get healthier with the reflection off there because it increased the effective yield of red light and sunlight. But that's cool, man. So so gold foil, like is it like aluminum foil? Like that could yeah, come in a roll like, like that? It kind of looks like gold. Like if you ever seen like artists using it in their work, it's expensive, but not nearly as it would be if you had bricks of gold. Right. I, I don't want you to go out and do that because you'll have to have a fortune to do it. But gold foil, you can take and put it all over in different parts, and you can increase your yield. The flip side of that is that aluminum is the perfect reflector for UV light. That's the reason why you see the old ladies on the beach have the cardboard with the aluminum foil on the outside. So that's another way for you to increase the albedo effect, say if you lived at, lived at a shitty latitude, to improve the situation. Oh, that's cool. So that's there, cool. There's, there's other ways to Oh, man. It's so, dude, so fun. Well, the, the saunas that I like, and I don't have one yet just because I, I was given this one as a gift, and it's got really high MFs. It's it's a piece of shit in terms of sauna goes, but I, I still like it. But the clear light saunas have near and far infrared, and they have very, very low, almost undetectable levels of EMF. So those are the ones that I always recommend is clear light, anyone listening. I'm, I've researched this shit to you know the nth degree and and to me they're the most legit saunas i'm just saving up to get one they're a couple grand for a small one you know and as i, I said the, the best the best sauna is the ones that are in iceland called geothermal units if you ever get a chance to do that oh go really suckers dude dude if you've ever sat in a volcanic bath there is nothing that comes close you know to that i mean you got something relatively close to you in calistoga like right. calistoga. i was just there i was yeah. there two weeks yeah. ago yeah, they have they have stuff there that is phenomenal. So I would just say, if people want to try this out before plunking their money down, go use the net nature's way of doing it. See how you feel, then decide you know whether you want to do a sauna. But I would tell you, sauna, hot tub, and you know cold tubs. Those are all those are all next level things that I teach people, and I teach them why they work. What an excellent segue. Uh, I've been, I think since discovering your work a few years ago, been doing ice baths, uh, cold and hot exposure, you know, nonstop. I do ice bath or cryotherapy, I'd say five out of seven days a week. People always ask me, you're crazy. Why do you do the ice bath? Give us like a, a short explanation about why an ice bath is good for you. 
Okay, this one is going to be simple. It's, it's something that I haven't told you before. Um, heat and cold release a chemical in you called HSP70. HSP stands for heat shock protein, okay? What the heat shock protein does, it keeps the proteins in your body completely their 3D dimension perfect. Well, all proteins in your body are light antennas. So if you want your light antenna to be perfectly working, it cannot move in different dimensions. So it turns out that cold, one of the major things that it does, it can improve your circadian biology the more you use it just from using cold. Now, here's the crazy thing. You know, we've talked about mitochondria. You heard me use the word uncouple. What uncouple means is that you have a mitochondria that comes from a high latitude. The people that are tightly coupled, they happen to live on the equator, they have L0. Those are like the Kenyans and the Ugandans. Well, it turns out heat works better for them, Luke, but cold works better for most people with uncoupled. So it turns out heat and cold stress release this protein, HSP70. So the more blue light you live around, the more cold you need. Why? Because it can improve your circadian coupling mechanism everywhere in your body. And we talked about that at some length before when you asked me about the laptop in the lap. So if you have that problem and you want to restore your fertility, the smart move for you is to actually put your lower half of your body where your germline is in cold water and leave your top part in the sun. That's the fastest way to improve your situation. That's called the use of the Fournier effect, utilizing hot and cold stress to fix a circadian mismatch. Awesome, man. And so in terms of the ice baths, what I do is I, uh, I, I retrofitted a freezer, like a, you know, a horizontal lay down freezer that'd be in your garage. Basically got one of those from Sears, uh, built like a, some insulation around it. And then I fill it up with water and it keeps the water at, you know, anywhere between 35, 40 degrees or something like that. Would you say that's a good temperature if you're going to hop well, in ice? I, I would, for most people who start out, probably not. For a guy like you, since I know that you've embraced CT big time, uh, the key temperature is between 50 and 55 degrees. So for people that live in California, this is awesome because that's the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> that's it. That, when, when my bath warms up and it gets up to 50, 55, it's like, it's boring. It doesn't seem to do anything. I mean, if maybe for someone who's starting out, but if you, if you acclimate to it, what, what would be like the ideal temperature? Well, that is the ideal temperature based on the research. If you go lower, it, it truly means that you have, you're really doing well. Most people don't need to go that low because when you go below 50 degrees, that's when you run the risk of getting hypothermia. So you're not going to recommend that for a newbie. That okay. this is That's what I call deep CT. I don't talk about that kind of stuff publicly because as a physician, you can get in trouble with that. But the people who are high-level athletes, people who are like Navy SEALs, things like that, that's where I teach them how to use that. Can you stay in water between 28 and 35 degrees for a really long time once you're adapted the answer is yes is it quite healthy for you it is but it's not healthy for somebody who hasn't cold adapted first okay okay that has to happen cool that's that's great because i'll invite people over to my ice bath and it's 35 degrees and i'll sit in there for 10 15 20 minutes and just hang out and meditate you know and they get in they're like ah ah they freak out you know and i say just get in for 10 seconds, you know, and get out. But that's, that's good to know. Maybe it's a little extreme for someone who's just starting out. It is. It, and I tell people the easiest way, I have a CT protocol on my blog. You can read it. It's very simple to do. It doesn't take long. 
to adapt to the temperatures you're talking about as long as you do it the correct way. Uh, you did mention cryotherapy. I'm not a fan of cryotherapy for one reason. The way water releases heat, it's 24 times more effective in water than it is from the nitrogen gas you get. So when people are trying to save money to do really cool mito hacks, I would tell you go to a tractor supply, get yourself a metal tub, put it on the ground, use ice. That's the easiest way to do it. Cryotherapy to me is, it's okay. You're getting a benefit. Any amount of CT helps, but it's not as effective because it's gas versus liquid. So the cryotherapy that I go to here in Hollywood, it's at a place called Next Health. And I do it just because it's it's fast and it's convenient and it's right across from my yoga studio where I'm there almost every day. They don't use the nitrogen. They use cold air. Yeah, and, you can use both. And I, I, I like it better because it, for some reason, it just feels more natural. They turn on the, the jets, man, the fans, and it's like... I feel like I'm outside in a snowstorm versus that weird gas. And, you know, you can breathe in there and it's whole body. I, I, I prefer that. Do you have any opinion on that being uh, superior to the nitrogen or is it? I don't, I don't think when it comes, remember gas in terms of chemistry, gas yeah. is gas is gas. What you're really interested in, not as the gas, it's actually the thermal change and gas is not as effective as liquid water. Right. Liquid water, the only thing better than liquid water is metal, but you know that you do not want to put your tongue next to <laughs> yeah, cold yeah. because you'll get stuck to it. And yeah. that's the reason why. But you know, I mentioned this to people, plastic surgeons now are using cold plates to get rid of people's fat. You know, it's called cool sculpting. So that's the reason they don't use water and that's the reason they don't use gas. They're using the metal to do this. And if you know what you're doing, it can be very effective. But again, that's one of those other things that I don't advocate to people across the internet because most of them don't have the knowledge that I have. Uh, this is something that, you know, when we do live member events, these are the kind of things that we talk about. Right. You know, the crazy model hacks, like how do I biohack, you know, being up all night doing craniotomies? Well, yeah, I do some pretty stupendous things. Trust me. Right, right. Okay, cool. Well, that's, that's good to know. And then in terms of being grounded, you, mesh, you mentioned, uh, you know, stepping outside into the sun and making sure you get extremities touching ground. What do you think about, you know, this has kind of been a popular thing in the health world, grounding and earthing. And then there's these technologies, these, you know, you can get these sheets and um, little pads that go under your computer so that you can kind of stay grounded all the time. Do you think there's any validity in the, in the grounding technology that's out there? Uh, here's, here's where I'm going to tell you the flip side. Again, this is where we get back to the supplement maker. Anybody who's making stuff, you need to check the claims. So the easiest thing to do is just take your shoes off and get in the grass. The reason for that, the sun is a cathode ray. Each planet's an anode. Anytime light comes and hits a planet, it releases free electrons. That's the photoelectric effect. So your feet have sweat glands on them. That's the reason why you're designed to absorb those electrons. You're designed best to absorb the most sunlight wirelessly when your feet or your extremities are touching the ground. That's the reason why I always tell people, I want you to think about the Sphinx. You're connected, you're plugged into the earth while you're wirelessly connected to the sun. That's the best way. Now, grounding sheets, any things that you have to plug into the power grid, absolutely, I, am, I will never advocate for that. And the reason why is the, the, the way grounding works in biology that's a DC electric current. We turn sunlight into a DC electric current. Anything that's plugged into the power grid works on an AC current, meaning that it's, it's modulated. Anytime it's modulated, 
that's sending you to get a dirty electricity. I will never advocate that for that. And I don't care how much they tell you that, you know, oh, it's safe. When you do your own testing, you'll find out that most of the marketing claims are full of shit. Okay, so with my grounding sheet, what I did, this is this is good. I love this stuff because I talk to people like you and then there'll be shit that I've been doing for years, you know, and then someone's like, are you crazy? Don't do that anymore. It's dangerous. And I don't want to recommend anything to my listeners or anyone that is not backed by science. But here's what I do with my grounding sheet is I have it, a wire running out my bedroom window, and it goes into the actual ground with about a foot long metal spike that's in a piece of wet dirt that's always wet because the sprinklers is that do you think that has some validity? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, if you ground that way, technically, you're grounding the way you're supposed to ground. I, I have zero problems with that. But most of the stuff that's sold is plugged into the power system, anything within the power grid by definition is bad. And if you want to discuss why that's the case, it's very simple. Our power grid oscillates at 60 hertz. Your mitochondria, the inner mitochondrial membrane, oscillates at 100 hertz. So I want you to think about that for a minute. It's close to the second harmonic. The real problem for people is when they live in Europe, their power grid oscillates at 50 hertz. That means the second harmonic is 100 hertz. That's the reason why electromechanical hypersensitivity is much more problematic in Europe than it is in the States. But guess what? We have found out that that 60 hertz oscillation tends to link with more cancer and more autoimmune conditions. And that's the reason why we get these different diseases in different parts of the world, because we don't realize that the power grid isn't consistent across the planet. And that's the reason why the epidemiology of non-native EMF is so hard for people to really you know, pin down. So I would tell people, your real goal, the place that you sleep, what I recommend my members do is you hire an electrician to put a kill switch right next to your bed. So wherever you sleep, that, that room has no power going to anything in that room at night. Awesome. That's, that's, yeah, that's really good advice. I mean, I, you know, I do a lot to mitigate this stuff. I don't like, I don't even use the Wi-Fi in my house. Everything's hardwired, for example. So there's, you know, over the years I've kind of made my place but i live in an apartment so even if i don't have wi-fi or i want to shut you know i can go to the breaker and shut off the power to my bedroom but it's like the whole i'm getting 35 wi-fi signals so you know i you know it's it's difficult i mean that's that's city living you know that's the disadvantage of of living in a place that's not remote uh well, I that's also, the reason why you do what you do for your water that's why i said you make yeah. up you make things up by going to extraordinary lengths to get your water and see that's that's what I want people to hear. I want people to know that we, every time we do something, we're making a trade-off. And you know, your trade-off is, yeah, I'm living in LA. This is how I make my living. This is what I do. But I want to tell you, this is the other things I'm doing. Yeah. And that's that's why I like a guy like you because you know what? You're not trying to sell people a line of bullshit. You're saying, look, I know some of the things I'm doing is wrong. Just like I I told people, look, my job I know is a big problem. You don't have to tell me. I get it loud and clear. But we need to talk about these things so that when somebody listens to this who doesn't have a big background say, you know, I never thought about that. Maybe I need to do a little bit more because say I am Rick Rubin or say I am Neil Strauss and I, I need to do things that maybe normal, ordinary people that live in Uganda don't need to do. So <laughs> – why would, uh, in, in terms of the EMF exposure from cell towers, cell phones, Wi-Fi, uh, smart meters, all the stuff that we're getting bombarded with, why would living in a high-rise in New York City, you know, on the 38th floor be worse for you than living, say, in L.A. on the first or second floor? 
Well, that's simple. It, it goes to all the things that we already talked about. Why did Carrie Fisher die in a plane? She already had a mitochondrial disease uh, that we know of from all her drug addiction and low dopamine state. So she just stressed the system. Well, where's her mitochondria? Density in her brain and her heart. So anytime you disconnect from earth, you don't have that connection to earth. So the higher you go up, the worse the effect is. That's the reason why people who fly a lot, like business travelers, they get what? Pulmonary embolus. You know, uh, why, do, why are pilots getting sicker and sicker? Not only are they chronically disconnected, they sit in a cockpit around all the avionics. So I have a blog out on my site called the Jet Lag Prescription. You know what a mitochondriac does when they fly? They take their shoes off and put their foot directly on the metal stanchion in front of it. That's okay. Okay, check it out. Check it out. I was doing that, and then I got the idea to take a a wrist grounding strap and plug it into the ground of the outlet. Am I tripping, or is that just as good? No, it's not. Ah, shit. (laughs) Oh, man. I thought I had it figured out. Uh, The reason why is because you're now plugged into the electric power grid of the plane. So here's the crazy thing. Because all the avionics in the plane – have to be grounded while it's flying. It turns out if you just make contact with something metal that's bolted to the substructure of the plane, and it turns out those metal stanchion where you put your feet are, that works. Okay, but you're saying definitely do not plug into the grounding plug with the strap on my wrist. Dude, all you got to do is put a voltmeter in that outlet, and you watch it, you'll be like, oh, my God. Because basically what you just did is you, you basically plugged into their power grid. Shit. Okay. What about another thing I bring on the plane just to annoy people and try? Because I get, dude, when I fly, I get destroyed I, more than anyone I know. Flying. Well, now you know why you get destroyed because you're plugged into the goddamn. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but even <laughs> even before that, that was a way that I was attempting to mitigate. But another thing I do is I bring my bio mat. I'm not sure if you're familiar with what this yeah. is, but it's like an infrared kind of amethyst heating pad essentially. Do you see any benefit or detriment to that practice? I already told you anything that's infrared, as long as it's not run off. Off any kind of EMF helps right. because what does that do? It builds the regeneration programs up. That's great, but I would always put my naked foot on the metal before I'd even use that. Right. Or if you want to do one and the other, I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But infrared is always helpful because the key red light chromophore in every mitochondria is a is a cytochrome C oxidase, and the other one, big one is blood. Blood is 93% water. And remember, in a, in a cell, 99% of the molecules in a cell are water because water is a small molecule. It's only H2O. Right. Okay, perfect. And then in closing, I got a couple questions that are unrelated to any of that. You know, And I know you don't emphasize the food thing. It's all about the light, water, and magnetism, which makes perfect sense to me. But if you were going to recommend the three healthiest foods, what would they be? Uh, that's going to vary by where you live. So for example, if you're inside the twenties, coconut would be on the top of my list, but remember coconuts don't grow outside the twenties. So you're talking uh, to, you're talking about longitude and latitude, right? Right. Yeah. Talking about tropical Capricorn and cancer. So this time of the year where we are in the Northern hemisphere, coconuts would be fine. Um, another healthy food, uh, bok choy is pretty much high on my list. I'm a big fan of that. And probably the, the single best thing that everybody should eat as much as they can, especially in a blue-lit microwave world, oysters. Right. Raw is better than cooked. I've heard you talk about oysters before. I think, I think actually I can credit you as the guy that made me start eating oysters because 
I like them, but they're not like my favorite tasting food. But uh, I, I believe you said something about them having a really high level of DHA. Is that, am I right? And, and minerals, selenium, zinc, things like that. They have everything that a mitochondriac needs. Why? Because the things that go screewad in a mitochondria from blue light, non-native EMF, happen to be the voltage-gated uh, calcium channels, magnesium. Everything is tied through this interaction. And I don't want to get too much into that because it is high-level stuff. Yeah. But just know that if you eat oysters consistently, uh, you'll be doing yourself a benefit. I tell people, when you eat a dozen oysters, it's equivalent to eating five pounds of grass-fed liver. Wow. Awesome, man. And then in terms of eating fish in general – Every time I recommend that people eat wild fish as part of their diet uh, for, you know, the uh, fatty acids and all this kind of, you know, the good nutrients that they have, everyone always balks about the heavy metal. So I always say, well, drink, you know, eat sardines or wild salmon, like smaller fish lower on the food chain. Is there really a heavy risk with the heavy metals? And does it depend on how you methylate where one person can handle a heavy metal load when another person can't? What's the deal with the danger of fish? You're you're now you're now getting into the areas that really kind of piss me off uh, because this <laughs> perfect is this is bad information that people have gotten from the functional medicine doctors. Look, you heavy metals are a problem for people with low redox. What does low redox mean? It means that your mitochondria doesn't make enough water. That means you're not in the sun enough. So you always hear functional medicine doctors. Well, if you have methylmercury in your body, you need to detox it. In my site, my tribe. We redox before we detox. Why? Because when your mitochondria is able to work well, you get rid of just about everything you possibly can. And that includes uh, methylmercury. So I don't follow that part of uh, functional medicine because I think they're just not deep enough. Their science is on a surface level. And I promise you, when I get off here, I'm going to send you something, again, by that side message that you can use I have a Google Scholar link that gives you all the, the level detail. Mercury in seafood is not a big issue as long as your redox is good. Now, if you tell me you have three autoimmune conditions and you had melanoma and you got myopia, yeah, I'm going to tell you don't eat tuna or swordfish, eat sardines. Why? Because the predator fish you know, have the highest levels. But I'm going to tell you this, tuna and sardines are better than the gra- best grass-fed meat one can buy. Wow. There's okay. no replacement for seafood for a mitochondriac, especially when you live in a blue lit world. And here's the crazy thing. The more blue light and more non-native EMF you need, the more seafood you need. The less you do, the less seafood you need. And, and the reason for that is what I told you before about that clock in the eye. That clock in the eye constantly needs DHA in it, especially when it's blue lit. And I mean, dude, I've written extensively about the details and I don't want to go into it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll send links to your site because I know you got a million blog posts on this stuff. I just wanted to get a little taste of that. And then lastly, on the fish thing, do you think there's any truth in, in the speculations that the Fukushima radiation has leaked into the, the sea life on the west, you know, in the Pacific Ocean? Yeah, that's that's more bullshit. Okay, okay. I mean, I mean, you know, no one has a Geiger counter to check their fucking salmon. You know what I mean? But it's like I don't know. A lot of radiation went into the ocean. There's fish out there. You, you just never know. You know? Yeah, bro. I just found what I'm going to send you. I'm just going to I'm going to send you the radiation and the mercury thing together. Okay, good. People don't re- realize that radiation is actually hormetic, and when I mean that, it's actually a stressor that helps. So here you go. 
It's coming on the side right there. Okay. You got it all. Perfect. Um, you, can, you can put that in the show notes. It even gives a link to several of those things because I get asked this question all the time. But here's the key thing uh, that I really want to leave with. If you get out in the sun and you're connected to the earth, you can repair your mitochondria so that nothing you face. Remember I said before that you could eat shit on a shingle. If you want to put mercury on that shingle, even that can be overcome you know, within reason. Obviously, I'm not right. telling you to pour mercury all over it. The point is, is that your system is built in an amazing fashion. The problem is we don't understand. The key to making the whole system work is being in sunlight connected to the earth allows your mitochondria to make water. You make electricity from that water utilizing sunlight. And that is the key to charging your battery that drives your life. When that battery fails, you get sick first and then you die. Okay, noted. I had said that was my last question and I got to go and I know you got to go. But I just remembered when I tested for my heavy metals, I'm cool with mercury, cadmium, all the rest of them. But for about three years, I've had multiple uh, urine po pre and post heavy metal tests. And I'm like off the charts in lead. Any recommendations on how to get that out or if that matters? It's actually the same. It's the same issue. But okay. that tells me that if lead's not going away, then it means it's chronically in your environment. And I would tell you the number one thing I would say in your case, you live in LA, lots of people have cars from the 80s and 70s. Gasoline is probably the number one thing. You're breathing that. So it may not be lead paint. Uh, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, the Southwest tends to have more of this because older cars are there because they don't rot as much. Like down here, dude. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah can't have a 69 Chevelle here without a shit ton of body work because it rusts out because of the humidity. But see, guess what? Down in Southern Cal and Arizona, dude, you guys have way more levels of lead in your air than we do for that reason because people are still burning the shit gas. Okay, noted. Uh, in closing, you've taught me tons of stuff on today's episode. I mean, this has been one of the most epic interviews I've ever done. It's going to definitely be a two-parter because we've, we've gone long and I'm thankful for your time. Uh, I've learned a lot. The audience has learned a lot. Who have been three teachers that have influenced you, whether it be a book, a philosophy, uh, someone who personally trained you, anything you want to name that people might be able to go look up and, yeah, and learn my, some more from? My three mentors in my life are Michelangelo, Da Vinci, and Einstein. Uh, the books that I would tell people to read, the first one, Gerald Pollock's The Fourth Phase of Water. The second one would be Roland Van Wyck. Uh, life or I should say light sculpting life and probably the third book I would tell you to read is a book that's recent called Cosmo Sapiens by John Hans. Okay. It tells you exactly where we really are in science today not the stuff that most people believe. Awesome all right and lastly where can we find you and your work you've mentioned your tribe and your members like let's send some people over to find more of what you do. Uh, you can find me at jackcruise.com it's spelled k-r-u-s-e I have a blog there. I also have a forum. I write extensively on my Dr. Jack Cruz Facebook page, which is open. I also have a book called The EpiPaleo Prescription on Amazon. And I also invented uh, a light and cooling device that fits on your wrist called the Quantlet. You can find out more about that at thequantlet.com. Um, that's pretty much me. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming back on the show, dude. We've covered some great stuff. Very powerful interview. And I look forward to speaking to you again. All right. Take care, Luke. It was All good right. talking with you. See you soon, Jack.
Okay, we are shutting this party down. We're going around, we're picking up the red cups, we're tossing those in the recycling bin, we're emptying the ashtrays, we're turning the lights on, the music's off. We don't care where you go, but you can't stay here, people. This party is over. But what a party it was. Listen, if you just happen to stumble across this part two with Jack Cruz, I want to highly encourage you to get back and check out part one. Okay, you can find it in the feed, obviously. Uh, This is also on YouTube. So if you want to go watch this, you can find it there on my Luke Store YouTube channel. I think it's pretty easy to find. But uh, what a trip, right? Some really good information given here by Dr. Jack. You know how stoked I am to have him on. It's been a while. And, uh, you know, it's interesting about interviewing him the second time. The last time was really, God, it was over a year ago because I recorded it before I even released my first few episodes in 2016. And uh, he's gotten a lot better at really simplifying things. You know, it's like I always have to kind of make him translate all this heavy science into a normal people, um, you know, vocabulary. But he's actually got his pitch down in, in pretty simple terms, which is cool. Because if you're not a doctor or a scientist, some of the stuff Jack talks about can sound a little kooky. But I think between the two of us that we hopefully managed to package up some of these principles and ideas for you in a way that makes sense and is applicable. So let's do something to get our lighting in alignment with nature. I mean, that's really like the bottom line here, right? But in part two, we, of course, covered some other great things. And, you know, selfishly, I got to ask him a bunch of questions um, that I wanted to know about things that I do flying and how I'm grounding my bed and ice baths and all this stuff. So super fun stuff. And I want to thank you so much for joining me. And as always, you know, I'm like a broken goddamn record over here. Please do us all a favor and share this podcast, this episode with a friend. And do yourself a massive favor by subscribing to this podcast so you don't miss next Tuesday's episode with the Jingslingers. The Jingslingers are experts in healthy food and all things biohacking. They're just absolutely fabulous. So I'll see you back here on Tuesday for that one. 